I'm excited to be here. You know, it's, it's amazing. And, and God works in ways. There are people, you meet them, and nobody needs to tell you they are suffer. And, and the day you hear that they are suffering, you say, ah, no wonder. That's the man we have here. He's, 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 he's an amazing person. You know, when, when uh, one of our great ladies saw the poster, he says, oh, you are going to Reverend's Church? I said, yes. He said the day he realized that he was a he was. he said, ah, no wonder. That's the kind of thing. So, such a combo. And you never see him doing wrong. You know, very, very diligent in his ways. And also, for, I'm very grateful for the opportunity given me to visit you in this place and to minister to your flock. I don't take it for granted at all. You are highly respected. And I'm glad that I'm your friend. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And, and the day I met Osofo Mami, I wasn't surprised. That's a perfect match. She's a woman, you cannot disrespect her. You can't. You don't have a, you don't have a choice but to respect her. You are too much. Too much, Mami. Mommy one. We say, God bless you so much for the support you are giving this great man of God. I see God taking you places. I see, as it were, in the realms of the spirit. And God wants you to know that where he's taking you, you, you know you have an idea where you are going. But God wants me to tell you today that you have no idea where he's taking you. You have no idea. What you, you have seen in the realms of the spirit is just the beginning. So God wants me to tell you to brace yourself and prepare yourself. And he wants me to tell you that nothing, nothing is too small for you to achieve. And nothing is too big for you to achieve. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You know, it's not, good. it's not good for a man to walk alone. It's, it's a very bad thing. It's a very, very bad thing for a man to walk alone. So any man that you see walking alone, watch them, watch them, watch them. So me, I don't walk alone. I came with my beautiful wife. My own personal, personal wife. Lady, Lady Reverend Angela Okain. It's a great support to my ministry. I, I always tell people wherever I go that I know. I know if some married men don't know me, I know that God is blessing me because of her. It's very important you know that. Amen. Yes. God is blessing me because of her. Amen. Amen. I came with son of, a son of mine and a daughter of mine. Uh, this is Minister Isaac Achampong. He's, you know, you have people who are called, called to be with you and to support your ministry. He's great. Very humble in his ways. But a great man. If I tell you his credentials, you ask him, why is he following this man? 
But that is what God works. Amen. Amen. There's a daughter of mine at the back there at the University of Ghana, Ruby. Ruby, you are welcome. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the church where I fellowship, we are also fasting for 21 days. So I believe we are all operating at the same wavelength. And I know that Jehovah is going to touch you today. Hallelujah. Before I preach, as I sat there, God said something to me. There is somebody you've been weeping this week. You wake up in the middle of the night and you are crying. If you are here, please come to me. I need to say something to you before I preach. You wake up in there. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't be shy of anybody. I, I mean, I cry sometimes. It is okay. All right. If you are here, come to me. You wake up in the middle of the night and you are crying. You, you, you are crying. You are crying. It's, it's okay to cry sometimes. Hallelujah. God says, I should tell you, that he has you. He's got your back. Okay? That's all you need to know. That God has got your back. Doesn't matter what men think. Doesn't matter what people do. God has got your back. Doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what you are going through. God has got your back. And the only thing you need is for God to get you. If God has you, you are okay. Father, I pray for your daughter. Commit her into your care. Dip her in your blood. I pray for Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that you will minister to us today. You will touch lives in this place, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. Let it be, O oh God, that we will live here transformed. We will live here filled with your presence and with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Every say. Oh yeah, na na to, every Yes. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please, let's take our seats in heavenly places. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43. The Bible talks about just when Jesus was about to be crucified on the cross. The Bible says they put Jesus in the middle and put two thieves around him. They put one on the left and one on the right. And the Bible says in verse 39, who were, with, who were hanged there was hurling abuse at, at him, saying, are you Save yourself and save us. But the other responded and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our crimes. But this man has done nothing wrong. Everybody say nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Two thieves. One on the left, one on the right. I asked a question this morning. As I proceed to preach my sermon, which I title, Not man, but God. Not man, but God. One was hurling insults at him. One didn't believe in the ministry of Jesus Christ. One didn't even want to know what would happen to them on the cross. But the other had a vision. The the other had an understanding that the one didn't have. And he said, if you go today, remember me in your kingdom. What did that thief see that Christians of late don't see? He says, because they were dying on the cross. One of them had accepted his position. But one of them said, if you go, remember me in your kingdom. Why would I say to somebody who was going to die the same way I was going to die, that he should remember me in his kingdom? It means I knew something the other one didn't know. Listen, this morning, if you will survive this life, you need to know something that men do not know. If, if this life will go on for you the way you want it to go, and if this life will, make, will be a success for you the way you see yourself to be, you need to know what other men do not know. And you need to begin to think like, like I call him the right, the correct thief, and not the other thief. You need to begin to, to, to think in a certain way. What, 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 what did the thief see before he was requesting? Did he even understand what he was requesting of Christ? Was he, did he even understand that this man was going to die and you are saying to him that he should remember you? In which kingdom was he talking about? Today I preach to you a sermon that I believe that those of us who are not fasting will start fasting. Those of us who do not like to pray will begin to pray. Those of us who do not even understand this thing called Christianity, who have a certain level of understanding. The Bible says in Psalm 27 verse 13, it says, I remain confident in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There are certain things Christians need to understand that yes, we are going to die one day and there is going to be a heaven somewhere. But so long as we are not in heaven yet and we are on earth, we must see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
And you see, many a times when we come to church, they push us with these things, make us understand that, yes, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But sometimes, just yes, sometimes, you wait and wait and wait, and you realize that the waiting has become waiting. You've waited. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've worked hard. Yet, you have not seen the goodness of the Lord. What do you do? What do you do as a Christian? When you've pushed all angles, you've done everything you think you should do, and yet, Christians don't know how to wait. And that's what I've realized. That most Christians, we are in a hurry to make it. We are in a hurry to get there. We are, we are in a hurry to realize that prophecy. But remember, the Bible says that the vision is yet for an appointed time. And when you read the book of Job 14, what it says, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. Are you willing to wait for your change to come? Or you are willing to go and see that connection man to see you through? Church has come to the point where Christians are going to juju men. Very painful situation. Because we are unable to wait. The Bible says in the book of First Samuel chapter 10, verse 8, something interesting happened in the life of Saul. And I, I want to paint the picture to you before I even start my sermon. Now, the Bible says that the people of Israel wanted a king for themselves. They did not want a spiritual king or a seer like Samuel anymore. They wanted a physical king, a handsome man. And the Bible says that they chose Saul. Now, after they had chosen Saul, the Bible says that God sent Samuel to Saul. And this is what happened. Verse 8. It says, go down ahead of me to Gilgal. And this is when Saul had been made king. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait. That's what the scripture says. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. That was the instruction. Wait seven days until I, the man of God, comes to you and tells you what to do. I believe Saul heard it. And then they went to Gilgal. Come with me to 13, verse 8. Same first Samuel, 13, 8. It says, Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quacking with fear. He waited seven days. Seven days is what Samuel said to him. The time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. Have you been in that situation before? When God has told you something and you are trusting God to come through. Some of you receive prophecies that you get married at the age of 27. You are 27, apahun. 28, apahun. 29, apahun. 30, 32. Who heard the 40? Still, it hasn't happened. But the word said, wait. And in addition to the wait, it said, until I come. And tell you what to do. That is what the scripture said. And the Bible says that the man waited for the seven days. And the people around him began to scatter. Sometimes, just sometimes, when you wait enough and the thing is not happening, 
the devil begins to show you things around you to make you know that it is too late. But I tell you, my God is never too late. And that, that's the understanding I need you to live here with you. Our God is never too late. And, and, and the Bible says that he waited and the men began to scatter. Oh, you've waited to the point where the beauty has begun to fade away. You've, you've spent all your money on, on, on the connection man or trying to do visa application after visa application. When you have received a prophecy that you'll be in the United States next year and it is not happening, things are scattering around you. Everything is going bad. You were told that you were going to build your own house. You believed that you would live in your own house. You've rented till that kingdom come. And the, the, the rent, even where you are living, the landlord is moving you out. Things are scattering around you. Sometimes as Christians, things scatter around us. Tell your neighbor, it is okay. Sometimes it's okay. Things is, the men around him scatter. So he said, Kabari, I pray you never find yourself in that situation. From verse 9, he says, So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And, and, and Saul offered up the burnt offering. Mistake. He couldn't wait. So he went to see a connection man. He couldn't wait. So he married an unbeliever. He couldn't wait. So he became, became a thief. He couldn't wait. So he left church. He couldn't wait. So he went to a juju man. He couldn't wait. So he copied in the examination room. He couldn't wait. So he stopped school. He couldn't wait. So he decided to... Watch this. Verse 10. Just as he finished making the offering, someone arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. Then Samuel said in verse 11, What have you done? I pray that you never find yourself in a what have you done situation. I am praying that Christians will begin to trust God and know God for who he is. And, and learn to wait on him. And learn to trust you and me, our God. I have not seen Jesus Christ before. Have you seen God before? Yet you are sitting here. So if you are believing, you might as well believe fully. He never fails. The Bible says that he is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? The vision is yet for an appointed time. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has he entered into the heart of man. What God has in store. Listen, people, we serve a living God. The God we serve is a God who does. What have you done? Ask Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw, everybody says, Saul, that, that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time. And, the, and that the Philistines were assembling in Mikmash. I thought. When you see, you will think because you are human. What you need to do is to refuse to see. Me. Hey, he told you we work around the same place. There are many things. He knows me very well. There are many things that happen. The question is what has God said to me? 
refuse to see. The kind of things that are happening around us, if you decide to see, you will think. And if you think, you will fail. Can you imagine? Inflation is 54%. What salary is saying? I was listening to radio. A man who had invested 14 million Ghana cities in bonds. He was weeping like a baby. Because he was going to lose about 5 million out of that because the government decided to do what gives them comfort. He says, I thought God have mercy on us. And so because we are unable to wait, we lose trust in God and we begin to put our trust in earthen vessels. Psalm 118 verse to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Psalm 108 verse 12 says, give us from trouble for, for vain is the help of man. The Bible says the arm of flesh will fail you. Micah 7 5 Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. Proverbs 28, 26. Those who trust in themselves are fools. Scripture said it's not me. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Micah 7, 7 to 8. It says, me. I will look to the Lord. I will wait for God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Isaiah 2.22 Stop trusting in mere humans. The Bible calls them mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Two thousand Ghana ntia. We say we umba sorry ntia. We kujeno. We be konu we guda ho. Oye nipa. You get what I'm saying? You cannot trust man. And I'll prove it to you in scripture. Tell you about my God and your God. When you read Genesis 40 verse six, the Bible says that there were people who were put in prison together with Joseph. And these people had done something wrong, but we all know that Joseph had done nothing wrong. And the Bible says that Joseph woke up one day and he saw them. They were thinking. They were worried about something. So Joseph went to them in verse 6. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams. They answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not, do not interpretations belong to God? Do not financial help belong to God? Do not solutions belong to God? Do not the problem you have is in God who created the heavens and the earth? The Bible says the earth it is full to and the fullness thereof. But when all goes well with you, when you read verse 14, I'm skipping. He, he interpreted the dream to them. But when you come to verse 14, after he had interpreted the dream to them, he said something to them in verse 14. He says, but when, so we are talking Genesis 40, 40, 14. But when all goes well with you, now this is Joseph 
who had believed in God all this while, in prison now putting his confidence in man. Remember me when all goes well with you. Remember me. And show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. That uncle of yours. Onto me mbuao. Your uncle will not save you. Your auntie will not save you. If you want to go to US and your hope is in that cousin of yours who will send you visa and send you plane ticket, what bolos? What bolos? He says, show me kindness. You see, it is in the nature of man to think about ourselves first before anybody else. That's the nature of man. So he says, show me kindness. When you go to he says, the chief calf bearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Men will forget you. Listen, if anybody has done anything against you, forgive them. They are just being, just forgive them. And, and, and concentrate on your God. The man who prophesied to him, the man who prayed for him, the man who helped him out of prison and gave him a charge. That when you go, remember me. Show me. Him. Forgot him. That's what scripture says. I'm not saying. He did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Have men forgotten you? Have men disappointed you? Have men stabbed you in the back? To the extent that you, you look at them and you feel that, ah. Sometimes you feel like committing suicide because somebody has, for, has, has, has betrayed you or, or forgotten you or does not remember you. Only God. Only God. Second Kings 2, 1 to 10. Everybody knows Elijah to be a prophet of God, a great man of God anointed by God. He was a man who was able to tell rain not to come and for three years there was no rain. That is the man we are talking about. So, so, so I want to prove to you that even those of us in church, you cannot trust us. Oh yeah, because we are men. Can you imagine that I promise you I'll buy a new car for you and just when I'm about to buy the new car for you, my wife needs a car. Oh, I'll buy my wife's own first. I'm human. Do you get where we are going? So we are in church, but we are men. We are in church, but we are human. But guess what? God is also in church. So instead of coming to me, go to God. He says, so chapter 2 from verse 1. He says, shortly before the Lord took Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to watch this. Elisha, no you hear Elijah, no you hear Niba. Elisha, no you see Niba. Because when Elijah met Elisha, Elisha was tending the flock. In, in the, in, and in those times, it was the rich people who had their own garden and could tend flock on their own. So I could conclude that Elijah... Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I could conclude that Elijah was Oyeniba and Elisha was Osikeniba. Yet, Elisha, for the sake of anointing, on the life of Elijah, he followed him all his life. He served him. He did everything he wanted him to do. And now the Bible says that it was time for Elijah to be taken away. Not pursue Janija Elisha. Verse 2. He says, and Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here. Now, the preceding verse, verse 1 says that it was now time 
for Elijah to be taken away. That's what the scripture said. Yeah. Now, you are telling me yeah. to wait. He says, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. One point. Verse 4. And Elijah said unto you, try Bethel now. Now he's now moving on to another place. He says, Elijah said unto Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. From Elijah to Jer- Elisha, eh, Bethel to Jericho. There also, Elisha said unto me, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I will follow you. When you get to verse 6, he has now moved from, from Jericho. He's now taking it to Jordan. He says, he says, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. So on three occasions, he tried to swindle the guy. The guy didn't allow him. To Jordan. And, and Eli- Elisha said again, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went. Verse 9. After they had crossed the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what, what can I do for you before I am taken away from you? So all this while, you knew that you were going to be taken away and you wanted to leave me. That is man for you. The day you get to know what I am thinking as against what I have told you, then you have become God. It is only God who knows the heart of man. It is only God who knows what people are thinking. So take what men say with a pinch of salt. And the Bible says they cross the Jordan. And Elijah, Elisha, Elijah asked him this question. And the Bible says, please let, same verse 9, it says, please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. That's what Elisha replied. Verse 10, see what Elijah said. You have requested a difficult thing. An anointing that you receive freely. I am asking for a double portion. All you need to do is to pray because I've served you. The man says you have asked for a difficult thing. Let me tell you one thing. Anything you ask man, they will tell you you have asked for a difficulty. But there is nothing too difficult with God. Said Elijah, nevertheless, if you see me as I am taking from you, it will be yours. But if not, then it will not be so. What kind of man is this? But that is typical human before. If you see me, and the Bible says that even when he was being taken away by a whirlwind, he, he, he was just living. Elisha had to scream, my, my, my father, my father. Before, he dropped the cloak and the man had an anointing. But listen, don't blame Elijah too much. The Bible says that Elisha now, because of Elisha, Elijah, when Elisha, when Elisha died, they buried him. He took the anointing to the grave. The Bible says that they were going to bury somebody who was dead. And when they dug the person's grave and they put the person in the grave, the Bible says that the bones of Elisha touched the dead body and that the body rose from the dead. Elijah was a wicked man and so he took the, he wanted to take the anointing. You took yours away. That is man for you. So don't blame anybody when they do you wrong. Just trust God. All men are the same. A man is more concerned about his headache than your cancer. 
Don't put your confidence in man, says Psalm 146, verse 3. Do not put your confidence in man. I lift up my eyes from the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. The one who made heaven and earth. I would rather trust him and not man. Yeah. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians is 10. And the Bible says that you should come unto me, all that you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He belongs, he longs to give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. I pray for you today. And I pray that God will meet you at the point of your need. Amen. The problems that men cannot solve, God is the only one who can solve it. Amen. When you read the, the book of 2 Samuel 4, 4, the Bible says that now Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was disabled in both feet. He was five years old when the news of Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse picked him up and fled. But it happened that in her hurry to flee, he fell and could no longer walk. And his name was Mephibosheth. What do you say next? No. If it was her own child, would the child have fallen? Men, men. Not because they plan it, but the Bible says that men, the heart of man is what? Desperately wicked. Naturally wicked. Something that belongs to them, they'll take better care of it. Listen, watch two people. Let him drive his own car and see how he'll drive it. Give your car to him and you'll see how he'll drive it. That is man. So Mephibosheth was lame. And the Bible says from chapter 9, verse 1 to 7, Then David said, Is there anyone still in the house of Saul? so that I could show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. Now watch this. The point I'm trying to make with this is that David didn't like Saul because Saul was after his life. But the only reason David would take care of Mephibosheth is because God touched his heart. For you to chase men, pray to God to touch their heart. If God doesn't touch them, only God. There's coming a time where people will not be able to sleep for your sake. Because God will take their sleep until they solve your problem. So for that, one, that one is for you. They say, the God says, I should tell you that there's coming a time where people will not be able to sleep because of you. And until they solve your problem, they can't sleep. They can't sleep. If I were you, I will sow into that word. Until then, they can't sleep. You remember the story of Mordecai? The king could not sleep until he called for the books. Until he called for the books. He called for the books. He called for the books. He says, I want to know he started looking and he thought that, ah, so this man did this and nobody ever told me. If God doesn't solve your problem, oh boy, where you work, whatever you do, please, ah, that's it. I also knows my story very well. I was transferred to a department where nobody wanted to go. 
Because the man was terrible. And when I was going, everybody was telling me bad things about the man. I came home and I told my wife. We prayed about it. And guess what? Now the bad, bad man is my best friend. Can you imagine? And that is what God can do. If I, if, if, if I don't move, the man doesn't move. The bad man. Because the, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. I will go to God instead of going to men. When God touches their heart, they will chase you. When God touched the heart of, 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 of David, they looked for Mephibosheth. Otherwise, he was lame somewhere. Nobody cared about him. Wake up today and call upon your God. That is the only way. The Bible talks about Samson. Samson did all the bad things and the, all the evil things and he was relying on his strength until his, his hair was take, taken off and the strength of man was taken away. And the Bible says he called upon God. After his eyes were taken away and his strength was no more. The Bible says in Judges 16, 28, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this one strengthen me, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Remember me, O God. Only God. That problem will kill you if you don't hand it over to God. Luke 15, 17 to 20, the Bible talks about a prodigal son. And the Bible says that this prodigal son had taken his share of the inheritance and spent it on vain living. And from verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish in hunger. How many men hasn't God created that you allow one young man to bully you and stretch who on top of you? How many men? How many men can't God touch? Even Donald Trump God can touch his heart. Dangote, God can touch his heart for your sake. There's a man in this country called Sickens. He was a poor man going to Germany to, to hustle. The, Bible, the story says he sat on a plane. And on his flight going, he sat by a certain white man. And they got into conversation. We're talking. The man says, oh, I deal in paint. He says, oh, I'm going to Germany. I'm going to hustle. And Ashanti, that is how we are. We, we are That's how we are. We hustle and we come back great. The man says, no, you won't go anymore. I want you to represent me. Sell, sell paint for me. Wow. The guy did a U-turn, came back to Africa. He's one of the richest people in Ghana. Wow. Listen, if God touches somebody for your sake. <laughs> if God touches somebody for your sake. So come. Come to yourself this morning. Come to yourself. He says, when he came to himself, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee, heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy, thy high servants. And he arose, from verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But, watch this. He says, but when he was yet a great way off, 
his father saw him. Listen, God is waiting. That's what thing. But God is waiting. He's waiting for you to make that U-turn. He's waiting for you to begin to believe that this man cannot help me, but God. He's waiting for you to say, this is my problem. It is only God who can solve it. And I see God coming your way. And I see God opening doors for you. And I see God lifting you up and granting your heart desire. Only God. Only God. Only God. This economy, only God. Only God. He says, he saw him afar off. God is waiting on. It's us who don't come to him. So the moment you make the move that God, I need you, he's already waiting. God is faithful. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Psalm 138. He doesn't fail. When you read Psalm 37 verse 25, David says something. He said, I have been young and now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. You will not beg for bread. If only you trust in my God, you will not beg for bread. Multitudes cannot save you. Who tells you that God works with numbers? If you believe God can work with numbers, then you don't know the God you are serving. The God we serve can do anything at any time. And that's one understanding I need you to live with. And I need you to walk through this year knowing that if God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for you. When you read the book of Judges, chapter 7, from verse 1 to 8, it was time to go to war. And, 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 and Gideon thought that, oh, if I have 32,000 men, I'll win this battle. God was thinking differently. He was looking at 32,000 men. God needed only 300 men. Multitude of numbers. That is not God. And when you go through that scripture, when you read uh, chapter, two, chapter, chapter 7, verse 2, it says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their, into their hands. Or Israel boasts against me. My own strength has saved me. Some of us are suffering because we are putting things together and doing things as if it is our strength that is going to save us. And God is thinking, if I help him, if I help her, she would think that it is her strength. So, so, so let me take some of the men out. Let me take some of the people out. Until you let certain things go and put your full trust in God, God will not move. God will not move. He will not move. Only God. He, 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 the Bible says he's a jealous God. He wants you to come to the point of saying, I surrender, I surrender unto you. Only you, God. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Come to Jesus. So Jesus, God saved the number because he didn't want Israel to say they won by their strength. 300 men, they won the battle. Multitudes cannot save you. Let all the others go home, God said to him. Rakandalema Sidi Bidikatakai. 
Jesus. Only God. When you read the book of First Kings, chapter 18, verse 20 to 40, the Bible talks about something that's happened on a day where God won against man. Elijah, who was a great prophet of God, realized that in those times there were arguments about who is the better God. Whether the prophets of Baal, Baal himself, Jezebel, Ahab, all the gods around, and his God. And the Bible says he called for a contest. He says, let's see who is God. And when the prophets of Baal were coming, there were 450 men all surrounding one man, Elijah. And Elijah took himself out of the contest and said, my God, my God against all of you. And the Bible says that they called fire. Fire didn't come. But Elijah called fire in the name of my God. And the Bible says that the fire came down and consumed the offering. We shall call fire today. We are going to call fire. We are going to rise and call fire. And fire must come down. So as it were, as I was ministering, I saw you. You were climbing up a hill. Yeah. And when you got to the middle of the hill, the mountains began to come down. Started breaking down. And you asked yourself, this man is saying only God. How can God save me in this situation? That situation you find yourself in, only God. Give me oil. Let me pray for this young lady. And God is going to use you as an example. And you go about sharing your testimony for people to know that it's only you. You don't need to worry anymore. It is only God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Victory is yours. It is coming. That victory is coming now. Jesus. 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 Now. Receive his presence. Now. Receive his presence. He loves God so much. You, you love God so much that sometimes it becomes a problem for you. And God says, I should tell you, I don't know. The Lamb of God who sees upon that. Kadosh, 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 Kados
you I said that God will remember you that God will remember you men may forget about you but that God will remember you in the name of Jesus amen please be seated for just a minute God bless you so much man of God for such a powerful and an awesome word we thank God for your life and we are grateful that you are able to come here today to be a blessing for us. Were you blessed today? Yeah. Lord, yeah. let this word stay with you for the rest of your life. Amen. God bless you. Osofo. We are grateful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In scripture, there were three young men, Hebrew men called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they decided that if it is only God they believe in, it is only God. And the Bible says that they put them in fire because they said it is only God. And the Bible says that when they put them in the fire, the fire did not burn them. And in the morning, the Bible says the king came. And when the king looked into the fire, he asked the question. He says, ah, how many men did we put in this fire? They said three. He said, but I see a fourth man. And his fourth is like the form of the son of God. I pray for you that this week, that fourth man will war for you. May the fourth man fight for you. May this week be a fruitful week. May this week be a great week. May this week be a week that you have never experienced all your life. May this week be the best week all the days of your life, since you were born, may Jehovah open doors for you. May Jehovah prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. May he anoint your head with oil. May your cup run over. Surely, may goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. And now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly and above. All that we ask or even think, meet you at the point of your need. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.